I will not be a side chick. Fuck no. I'm, I'm the not. main course. I am not a side dish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Sex in the Cinema, the podcast that strips down the celluloid to the real reason you watched that movie. Welcome back, cinephiles and perverts. Little sluts. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm Tori, I'm your host, and with me, as always, is Maggie. Hi. <laughs> A couple of housekeeping things, actually, before we get started with our episode today. So this being the season of gratitude, we just want to give a huge thank you to those of you who are listening, those of you who are following us on Instagram, those of you who give any verbal confirmation of interest, whether you listen or not, please listen though. And um, we'd like to give a very special shout out to Hyper Real Film Club. If you guys are in the Austin, Texas area and you are in to film, I highly, highly, highly recommend checking out Hyper Real Film Club. They're a local nonprofit. They do screenings around town. It's hilarious. It's a Uh, great time. It's always a good time. Great time. And they uh, let us come to one of their screenings recently and do a little shout out about our podcast. So we were, yes, we were eternally, eternally grateful. I usually find them just like about screenings and stuff on Instagram. So it's okay. H Y P E R R E A L. Yeah. So check them out. Also, yeah, thank you. Shout out. Shout out to our listeners. Yes. Shout out to our listeners. And and hey, if we bring you any type of joy or... Which is what we're here to do. Introduction like, to something that makes you horny or grossed out. I'm, I'm, I'm proud. And tell your friends. If you're enjoying tell your mom. You know, we just covered Richard Gere recently. We covered yeah, American Gigolo. Yeah, send it to your mom. And yeah, you. leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening. Like, we would love that. That would be like a Christmas I, gift to fulfill seriously. a lifetime. Also, like, if you guys have suggestions or whatever, like, we want that shit. So DM us. You can email us. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. So. Sick. All right, well, let's get started. I keep saying that word. Sick. Yeah, because I think we're both sick after one of sick. these recent movies. Okay, All well, right. this is our sexy snacks episode, so it's sexy around snack. Thanksgiving. Yes. My fa- I've been wanting to do this yes. episode since the beginning of time. She sure has. So, but I'm in it, and now I'm like, I got a little... I got a little too much. Uh, yeah, I think we we OD'd a little bit on this. But yeah, we are going to talk about movies that are about sex and food. We are covering three films today. The first being the pretty infamous, famous, influential, I would say, Nine and a Half Weeks. Then we are going to discuss La Grande Boeuf. <gasps> yeah, La Grande <gasps> I mean, dude... <laughs> Okay, and then we're going to close with the lovely, absolute, delight, joyous, feel good, just beautiful, beautiful film, Tom Popo. One of the things that I've noticed as a complete through line through all of these movies is ASMR. Noises, food noises, noises of like clattering pans, bursting fruits, 
ice jangling, you know, it's, that is very, very, very much up front. And, and, and that makes sense because it's sensory, Mm -hmm. you know, food is sensory, sex is sensory, Mm -hmm. you know, so sensory is sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes total sense. Okay. Well, should we just dive into nine and a half weeks? Yeah. Okay. Nine and a Half Weeks was directed by Adrian Lyne. It was made in 1986. So I actually, I I like Adrian Lyne. And I, I will talk about it, but, like, I think this movie, like, was visually super, super influential, especially, like, for some of those, like, erotic thriller, uh, you know, sort of. Gorgeous. Yes. The cast is an all-star cast. The one, the only, Kim Basinger and Mickey Rourke. Both of them. Y- yes. Aye, aye, aye. Yes, no, absolutely. Maggie, may we have a plot summary, absolutely. please? Two strangers, a Wall Street trader, John, an art gallery assistant, Elizabeth, become involved in a new relationship. What begins as a courtship, though, becomes extremely sexual, as John begins to push for more daring and kinky scenarios, including striptease and bondage. Although their passion is strong, Elizabeth starts to realize that John is not sharing any part of his life besides sex. She must make a decision about what she wants from their relationship. I mean, like, honestly, and I know you're probably going to kill me. I think this is a little bit style over substance. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. No, I think it's pretty even killed. It's fun. It's fun. Style-wise. It's beautiful. Sick. It's also, I want every single outfit. Her, I, okay, that's one of the things I have. Her wardrobe like, is killer. It's, it's the best. It's like, I love her bowler hat. I love uh, her giant sweaters. Like, it's cute. kind of Annie Hall-ish. Yeah, but like... She, Slash Billie Eilish. Everything's yeah, very baggy. It's baggy, it's cool. Like, yeah, the so awesome. It's like red, gray, whites, creams, some browns. It's a very monochrome it's, movie. Very monochrome color palette. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of, like, fog and, like, light play and, like, shadows and silhouettes and stuff. Like, it's yeah, really, it's really, really, really cool looking. It's very visually striking. Absolutely. Um, okay, well, let's let's talk about John and Elizabeth's characters. So okay. you're, you are attracted to John. I, okay, I am attracted to John. I think he's really sexy. Yeah. But he kind of just seemed, like, smirking. Like, he was smirking throughout Mm. this entire movie. I love the smirk. Yeah, but it's just, like, that's all he really did. And and I'm sick of these, like, emotionally closed-off men. Well, that's what... Yeah, I know, but it's just, like... It's annoying. It's it's super annoying. And he seems like, like, as, as I was watching, again, I rewatched it. I had seen this several years ago. Also, you guys, Maggie and I special ordered the uncut, uncensored oh, version yeah. of the DVD for this <laughs> from Amazon. She came to my house tomorrow <laughs> while I was at work to watch it on my TV. Yeah. So that's how fucking committed we were to well, this episode. But anyway, he seemed, to me, he seemed like a Christian Grey, Fifty Shades of Grey prototype. Hmm. I don't know. I thought he was really hot and sexy. And oh, like he was absolutely their, sexy. They're like dynamic and like his like psychological like ways he would turn her on. Like he was really smart. Oh, he, he absolutely was. But like, again, like kind of like with American Gigolo, I did not buy into their love story. There I, is no way she could fall in love with him if she doesn't know diddly squid about his life. 
There's just, that's just not a thing. She could be deeply infatuated, but there's no love there. It's deep I infatuation. Mean, their relationship is a hot, toxic relationship. Right, and that's not love. That is it's infatuation. Well, and then and I think that's like... But they're dropping out, like, she's saying, like, I love you, I love you, and it's like, come on, Elizabeth. Well... You're a divorced woman. You should be wiser than this. Yeah, but this okay. fucking sex scenes are so hot. Dude, it is, it is very hot, and there's a reason that this, like, especially the kitchen sex scene, which we'll get into later, is so influential like they they, they rifted on the l word like it's it, it appears uh, everywhere yeah. one of the things that's nice about this is we can go through the whole plot summary and the relationship trajectory by sex scene let's kick off so they have their meat cute at a chinese fish market and one of the things i i kind of i, I noticed in this movie is there's almost kind of like this racist exoticism of like food and other cultures. So like when her and her friend go to the uh, the Chinese fish market shop and like it's kind of like shown as like scary and foreign and whatever. And then of course fucking, what's his name? John swoops in with a smirk and like helps them with the order. And then as they leave, like they make like eye contact oh, and it's yeah. like, the moment is established, the connection is established, and then, like, later we see him chatting with the guy who owns that store. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the next scene, when they meet again, he, like, meets her at, like, some reggae market. They go to this really badass-looking Italian restaurant, restaurant and um, he's, like, eating noodles, and, like, she's, like, won't eat like he won't she won't take a bite of his pasta which looks amazing which is fucking she's bizarre weird, to me and then she's like i like this wine so he's like but also this italian restaurant he's giving her some history about the place like this is super italian where it's like we kind of forget like especially back in the early days of like immigration in new york city like italians were considered like an other it was considered like an other ethnicity you know so it's almost like i don't know it's this sort of exoticism and i feel like it's in service to his character like of him being like a, a continental hunk you yeah, know what like i mean him being worldly and right. adventurous and open minded absolutely as opposed to giving like fair representation to these different cultures and ethnicities you know it was all in service to him yeah and also it's like the 80s yes exactly okay so let's get into our first sex scene okay so i would call this the the food represented here is a gin and tonic Uh, i think that's a gin and tonic right so he like brings her over to his house i'm like biting my lip already (laughs) dude this was this was this was really fucking hot like my lizard brain did step in here and okay so she goes to his place and he's like take off your dress your dress she takes off her like seven sweaters then she's wearing a men's like it's like a menswear white t-shirt underneath her seven sweaters so he blindfolds her with a matching it's like a white blindfold this time right it's like a matching blindfold and he, you know, it's the like, lighting. Let's talk about the, the lighting. lighting. Is like, yeah, you talk about the lighting. Oh, the lighting is the whole scene is just set up to be so fucking. Do you want to just you you take the lead? You describe this sex scene. Take the lead. Okay, I I yeah. She puts the the blindfold on, and then like the lighting. There's like a desk, and so there's this nice like cast of like 
her body and her skin, and you can, like, see her skin under yeah. the T-shirt. And he's looking at her, and she can't see where he's looking, and he is just making these fucking faces, like, I... Smirking. Yeah, but, like, like the lack... Like, the, the control that he has to, like, not just, like, fucking rip her... I, I don't know. Just, like, I just like that he's just, like, I'm gonna tease the shit out of her. And gets the ice cube... Mm-hmm. From his gin and tonic. From his gin and tonic. <laughs> Again, it's it ASMR with the like shaking and like yeah. just rubs it on her lips, on her nose, down her body, on her. Yeah, that was hot. And I like that like, he unbuttoned his shirt an and he didn't take it off. Yeah. He just like moved it just, underneath and then he drags it around her like stomach and like underneath her panty line. line a lot. Dude, it was fucking hot. Ever. Even though he annoys me, like, it was extremely hot. Like, I... I need someone to do that to me. Don't... We all do. That's what Unless I'm Unless that's not your thing. Yeah, go to your sex... <laughs> you say that at your sex party, Maggie. You guys, Maggie's looking into sex parties. I'm not looking... <laughs> She's entertaining the idea of fetish parties. I was thinking of... Awesome. She asked me if I wanted to go. <laughs> I was thinking of checking it out. I told her to report back to me. Why not? And then, and then we'll see. <laughs> um okay so yeah i mean it's a very very sexy and it's like the white cotton underwear Mm -hmm. and then just like you can feel the anticipation like and her like body like it just filmed so beautiful yeah and like i'm really trying not to objectify people's bodies on this podcast which is difficult because we're talking about sex but like kim basinger has some of the best tits I've She's ever seen. Her and Sharon arts. Stone have like it's crazy Oscar winning tits. Yeah, just beautiful. Yeah, very, very, very nice uh, genetics there. And okay. Then his smirk. His smirk makes me want to slap his it off his face. His smirk makes me wet, baby. The only smirk I can tolerate 24 7 is Kieran Culkin, who I'm in love with. Yes, everyone. I've, I've edited out a lot of asides about him from previous podcast episodes. Uh, people do not need to hear that. Um, and this is all you're getting. So um, in any case, okay. So then we cut to another sex scene. This one isn't a food. And maybe it's because it's not the two of them. But this is a really awesome scene. So Kim Bassinger, she's like in her studio. She's kind of on like this director's chair thing. And she's clicking through slides. Um, uh, photo, photo, like, cause she's an art curator, she's art like, direct I gallery want owner. Job. Yeah, it's like, cool. oh yeah, she lives a very bohemian life. It's a regular Algonquin round, round table, bright young things in her life. Um, yeah, so cool. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's cool. But um, so she, do you want to take us through this? I kind of feel like you should lead us through the sex scene blow by blows. This is where she masturbates. Yeah. Oh. Because, okay, so here's the thing. He gets her, this is, he gets her the watch. Yeah, oh, yeah. More expensive says, gifts. And she's he like, buys I her love this watch, it. And then he says, which I think is so fucking hot. And he says, every day at 12 o'clock, when it, you see it's 12 o'clock, think of me touching you. Of what okay. it feels like for me to, like, touch you. That's fucking hot. She obeyed. So she, she, of course, she was like... Dude, I would have been like, sorry, I forgot. It's like 4 p.m., but here's a photo. No, I would be looking forward to 12 every day. (laughs) So anyway, she goes... This is like how this comes up, because then she goes into her little art gallery room where she's like looking again with the fucking lighting. It's so good. Yeah. And there's like smoke in the 
is it like a smoke? Yeah, it's smoky. That's like, it's uh, like again, that's basement. very Adrian line. Yeah, exactly. Atmospheric. Like, yeah, like are we in a cubist alternative universe? I yeah. don't know. She starts getting fucking horny, of yeah. course. You know what I mean? Like, she's getting, she needs to go off on her little flower down there. Mm-hmm. And so she does. And it's really hot. And yeah. she's wearing this like gorgeous lingerie set. Super sexy. It is she's very sexy. Like, and then the way it's filmed, like Yes, with the, with the flashes, yes. The images going to her like having an orgasm. Yeah, so that's so a nice cool. bit of filmmaking there that Adrian Lyon did, uh, where he as like she gets closer and closer to her climax, the images click faster and faster and faster that's and faster brilliant. and faster until it becomes like kind of a frenzy. So there's some there's some nice symmetry there. I, I do think that was um well done. Okay, so... I mean, so, if I was at your house, if I would have been at my house, it would have been over. Yeah, well, thank you for not doing that while <laughs> I was at work in my room, because I was not in the office that day. <laughs> so, uh, okay, well, one of the things um, I, I do want to talk about, talk about this guy being a worldly man. Of course he's a, he's like, I know how to cook. Of course. So he brings her to his apartment for a chef's tasting menu in the kitchen. Let's just talk about that. This is one of this is one of the most iconic sex scenes of all time. This rewrote the rules. This has been shown everywhere. It is very very famous for a reason. It's the pure gold. Maggie take us through it. Okay. Um he basically is like, let me show you you He's, you know, he's the dominant one. She's a submissive. And he's like, sit right here. Again, with the blindfold. Uh-huh. You know, it's the blindfold. And the just treats, treats are just happening mm-hmm. in her mouth. And he's teasing her with the treats and getting her to taste all these things. Yeah, we got like cherries, we noodles. Got cherries, we got noodles. But the way it's filmed too with the lighting from the freaking refrigerator. Yeah, and her tongue is like so waggling out of close-ups. smart in the close-ups mm-hmm. and like the silhouettes. And, it, and it's also just hot. I didn't like the song that they were playing. I don't even remember what the song was. It was another one of those like dun 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 a food song. Oh, it was? It was oh, weird. was it like... It was weird. I was no, like, it was like yeah. some upbeat thing. And then yeah. go. Then it like slows down at a point once he brings the honey out. And they're like, it's like honey like in the mouths, like dripping all down her legs. And then it gets... Yeah, like the... And then the cherries and then the mm-hmm. jalapenos. And it's also like... I think their dynamic works so well because he's always exciting her. And then... And then kind of, like, fucking with her. And then, like, she doesn't know what to expect. And so she's always getting these, like, super... Like, it's like an addiction, really. Yeah, yeah. This is a fucking toxic shit show. Yeah, exactly. So she's at his house still. He gets on the phone with someone. And he's like, I miss you, too, to that person. That's what he says? Yes. And earlier, when she, like... Um, I don't know if it was before this or it's later. Okay, so he leaves and he, he tells her to wait. Yeah. And he leaves for like hours. Mm-hmm. And she. This is when his dark side starts. This is just out. like, you've, oh my God, just like this asshole ish, like kind of like ghosty, flaky, like fuckboy behavior. And she snoops around like all his shit and she finds a picture in his drawer of him with some brunette woman mm-hmm. 
And then, so, like, I don't know how many hours she's there just waiting for him. She knows nothing. Like, she's just sitting around, like, at his whim. And then he comes back and, like, he's like, have you been a nosy Parker? And then he rips her fucking panties off on the fucking dining room table and fucks Fucks, the shit out of her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, but it, it seemed like he raped her. It seemed really rapey. It's, it it seemed okay. It felt so rapey to me. Funny, Tori, because when we were doing the <laughs> what the head one with the with the oh with Rihanna Manor and I liked was it. Like, so that was rapey. I wanted more. <laughs> and in this one, you're like, this seems, and I'm like, no, this is like hot. Like it's obviously consensual. I think Dr. Hill's disembodied head was less threatening to me than Mickey Rourke's ass-assholishness. So funny. I don't know. But I'm like, oh, they're doing the, like, and that's their first... That's the first fuck. That's the first fight fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Okay, so now we're gonna transition into... A montage, a relationship montage, which, you know, by definition are kind of cheesy, but this was set to one of my favorite songs ever, Brian Ferry's Slave to Love. That This is the song I like. I have been, I, I did not remember that this song was in this movie. Mm-hmm. I love this song, and I have thought so many times in my head of, like, using it as, like, a kiss scene or a sex scene somehow. So anyway, like, there's this montage. What? Your dreams came true. My dreams came true, yeah. Well, they fucking Adrian Lyne did it before me, so now I'm depressed. (laughs) Um, But, uh... The, you know, they're, it's kind of cheesy. They're, like, bickering, and then it's, like, passionate. It's kind of like the... Remember that montage at the very beginning of The Notebook where it's, like, you know, like, our relationship, like, so feisty and so, like, passionate. Yeah, and because that's what brings the, the sex dynamic. Well, yeah, but, okay, so this sex scene, sort of, this montage kind of concludes. They go up to a clock tower... Gorgeous. And they bang, and it's during the, like, sort of the bridge guitar solo of that song, and it's just so well-paired and so well-done. They're literally fucking time. Yeah, they, yes, exactly. They, they bang standing up at, like, inside this clock tower, and she's wearing a, what's the more, the term that we're supposed to use instead of wife beater now? Oh. A tank top. A tank top. She is wearing that kind of white tank top, mm-hmm. and it's it's very, very sexy, and I mm-hmm. I loved that. I remember I turned the volume, like, way up, and I was like, I'm here for this. <laughs> so that was awesome. And, you know, before before we, we get a little further into this, so we see echoes of, like, sort of, like, this problematic she's codependency. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, she's, like, distracted at work. She's not getting shit down. But there's also this problematic codependency slash, like, Again, like in the plot summary, it mentions this boundary pushing. He's like doing the love bombing. He's doing yeah. the highs and the lows. He's literally training her to become addicted to him. Yeah. Also, and like give over all self control, all power, completely lose herself in him, which she does. Yeah. You know, and it's sad. Another thing, okay, like, speaking of, like, like this borderline, okay, so it's about, at this point in the movie, remember when she gets sick, and he's, like, taking care of her, and he says something where it's, like, oh, I needed you to, did he make her sick on purpose 
Like, does he have Munchausen's by proxy? Like, what the fuck is going on? Um, but, uh, okay. So, the next sex scene, there's, like, a preamble, and then we'll get into the sex. So, this started off very interesting to me. He, she, they go out on a date in drag. She's in drag. She's got, like, a mustache on, and he's like, I'll show you how my world works, where it's, like... You know, me and these Wall Street bankers. Yeah, she, like, she, how, yeah, how she dresses up in a suit. They they go out. So it's kind of like queer. You know, it's almost um, like, yeah, I thought it was really cool at first. And they're like making out at a restaurant and people are like, oh. And, you know, he's making out where they're in like a mustache on and, and everything. So they're leaving the restaurant and they run into homophobes. And they, they get, ch- it's like a chase scene because those guys think they're gay and they're going to like beat them up. And her and, you know, Elizabeth and John are like laughing, like, oh my God, this is so hilarious. Dude, like hate crimes. It's, mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. But the sex scene that happens after this is like, woo, like, that's wow. the one. Okay. You go. Okay. Do they run into a sewer? Are they in a sewer? Because it's pouring rain, guys. Like, it is, they leave the restaurant and it is, like, pouring rain. Torrents of rain. I don't think it's a sewer, right? I don't know. If it is a sewer, she needs to go to the doctor tomorrow. I don't think it's And a get sewer. that shit I think checked it's just out. it's like, where all the, like, water goes to collect. Okay. Yeah, sewer would not be a hot part. Okay. Yeah. They, the, the homophobes, they basically, both yeah. her and him beat up the homophobes. Then they start, they're all like jacked up on like their adrenaline. Yeah, and that's what he does. He yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they end up like ripping off each other's clothes. She is wearing a white tank top of the earlier mentioned variety that we discussed again. It is, again, pouring rain. Like they are both soaked they he bangs her against the wall of the slash sewer not sewer against a staircase of the sewer that may not be a sewer where water is like water falling down the staircase there it's almost like they're in a fountain wet t-shirt to the max he bangs her against the wall then he throws her down on the stairs bangs her against the stairs he rips her tank top open goes down on her. okay yes thank you oh my god in the water that is so hot yeah it's definitely not a fucking sewer it was really hot lizard brain kicked in oh it was Yeah. yeah It was very primal. Yes. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. I'm worried about the quality of that water and about her pH balance after this. But small details. It was it was really hot. It looked really cool. It was really well filmed. It looked badass. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely worth a watch. Yeah. Then we have this striptease scene. I mean, like that she does for him. There's, this is kind of something that you just have to see. I don't think we can clearly describe this uh, and do it justice because of how cool this looks with the shutters and the shadow play and the light and the silhouettes Mm -hmm. and that dumb music. It's like, you pulled your head off (laughs) (laughs) something like that. That's the striptease music. I I guess they're trying to make it like upbeat and fun and energetic. But anyway, um, okay. So there's that, there's that striptease scene and then it escalates. So she like follows him to work shows up at his office. Like, she's like, what's going on? Yeah, unprompted. And 
he does this dickhead thing where he's like at his office and she's like you have such a big office it's really awkward and he's like being kind of non-receptive and he's just smirking he's like a wall of smirk Uh you know it's just a smirk on a wall and there's you know you can't get past anything else Mm -hmm. there so he says get on all fours get on your hands and knees and then he throws dollars dollar bills on the ground like breadcrumbs expecting her to crawl and pick them up Mm -hmm. as she comes to him and she gets pissed Mm -hmm. this is breaking and i would be like like, i would be pissed too absolutely like it's it's getting into degrading oh yeah territory like he's degrading her it's he's lording class over her it's like getting like financial abuse vibes getting so nasty yeah absolutely this is when it starts going to the dark side yes and it escalates further where he tells her to come meet him in the middle of the day at the chelsea hotel so chelsea hotel like super famous i don't even know if it's still open but that's where sid killed nancy that's where edie sedgwick like burned her room like with a lit cigarette five million times super famous um so he has her like wait in the room he blindfolds her Again with the blindfold. Yeah. Well, she and likes she's, it. Yeah, no, she does. She's on the bed. And then you realize there's another person in the room. And you, we find out that it's like this sex worker. And she's purring. She's like. Oh, yeah. And she's like teasing Kim, like basing her. Purr, like right? she's like caressing her face. And like she like teases her tit. Mm-hmm. So she, eventually she like rips her blindfold off. And Mickey Rourke starts making out with a sex worker. And then Kim Bassinger, she goes after the sex worker, not him. Like most women. And it's just like, come on, this woman's just doing her job, lady. Yeah. He's the asshole. He's wanting, he wanted to see her like that. Yeah. It's so gross. so manipulative. But, okay, well, let's let's just wrap it up to the end. Um, And this is actually, this was a, a moment for me. That, that where the movie finally hit me and I finally started to like John's character a little bit. So she is a big fucking girl and a strong independent woman and she makes the right fucking decision and she breaks up with him. She's like, I'm done. I can't, you don't tell me anything about yourself. And then Mickey Rourke puts in just a bang up performance at the last minute where the veil gets lifted and he talks about his childhood I don't remember what he says exactly about his family but it's like we grew up working class and like my mom and blah 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 and his eyes fog up and he opens up and this is like I'm I was just like holy shit finally at the very end of the movie I moved. It's like, this guy is truly one of the biggest talents out there. I just think he's such an incredible actor and he shines. Yeah. And then of course, like every like man, like realizes that they love someone. Yeah. He's like, I love you. Um, okay. I have a cast bomb to drop. Okay, so... Oh, I already know what you're going to say. Oh, okay, so, like, there's that scene... The dinner scene. ...where, yes, Elizabeth is, like, with her quirky bohemian friends at a dinner party, fucking Christine Baranski. Yep. 
is a guest. And she looks beautiful. She does look beautiful. If you guys aren't familiar with Christine Baranski by name, she's an incredible actress, comedic actress, character actress, she's been around for years. She was in The Birdcage. Mm. She was in Cruel Intention. She played so Selma Blair's snobby mom. mom. She was in The Grinch. She was like the mayor oh, of yeah. Whoville's wife. Yeah. And I was just like, whoa! Little yeah. Easter egg. Oh, yeah, she's so good. Cool. It's cool. Any final thoughts about Nine and a Half Weeks before just, we move on? I just love that movie. I think it's great. I want to... It's hot um, as fuck. Good sex I, scenes. Prime yeah, sex. great sex scenes. Probably some of the best sex scenes I've seen. Yeah. We've seen a lot. I would say two. Yeah. I, I, I would... It's I would. Like I, up there. In, uh, yeah. Agreed and endorsed. Yeah. And um, just, just you know, for style, icon Kim him basic hair in this film is fucking I want it I want the hair I want the wardrobe yeah I'd say watch it for the visuals and the really hot sex scene you're not gonna get any kind of like life-changing movie experience okay let's move on to the painful and traumatizing and body disaster that was La Grande Boeuf or, or I think La, it's a boof. It's La Grande Barf. La Grande Barf slash The Big Feast. <gasps> oh my God. Okay. This was torture Literal to get torture. through. All I right. thought you were having a great ass time. What the fuck? No. I was so pissed off and miserable while I was watching this movie. <laughs> like Billy walked in and he was like, what is this? Like, why are you watching this? And, like, we were watching it together, and I was just, like, so mad. I was like, I hate this. Like, this is so traumatizing and triggering. This is pushing the boundaries of what a viewer can tolerate. Exactly. Yeah. And this movie is controversial. Like, it's controversial for a reason. It's awful. Oh, my God. Okay. This was made in 1973, directed by Marco Ferrari. As opposed to, like, nine and a half weeks, in this movie, food is the grotesque it is hedonism it is you know like it is not good (laughs) the food in this movie looks disgusting it kind of looks like the food that you see in like those 1950s pictures where it's like a pile of like spinach mush with like ketchup drizzled over the top of it this food all looked absolutely disgusting and like i almost want to Get a plot summary in before we oh, even go yeah, further I into this movie. Yeah, okay, let, let's let's just have a plot summary because I don't think even think we can start talking about it until we just put some foundation yeah, in here. Yeah, it's true, it's true, okay. Ugh. A pilot, a cook, a TV star, and a judge decide to gorge themselves to death on yep. fine cuisine. I wouldn't call it fine. No, me neither. Okay, so yeah, basically this is this is hedonistic, this is anarchy, this food, it's not for substance. It's 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 instead of food is life, it's food is death. Mm-hmm. This is nihilistic. Mm-hmm. This is existential. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like these four guy friends, they the plan is to like fucking eat themselves to death mm-hmm. that weekend. This feels very much so in the vein of like daisies which you mentioned um a little bit which but like turned up by like five million. Oh, and like yeah everything's unsettling mm-hmm. this also reminds me of like pasolini pasolini also did sallow which is we're gonna have to cover at some point i am very sorry to oh, say God. 
Maggie, just look up this movie after you record this episode, and it's it's even worse than this. Like, there's there's a circle of shit scene where people eat poo. Nice. Yeah, like it is. It's there. These movies, there's shock factor. Yeah, that's it is. You know, it's supposed saying something. Yes, it is is very, very, very much saying something about society and I think just like the human condition. But it's also like, like, because this is, it's a dark comedy kind of, it's a satire. So it also reminded me of like Jeffrey Chaucer who Mm -hmm. wrote the Canterbury Tales. And like the Canterbury Tales are like fucking raunchy as fuck. Like there's a scene where some guy, he's like cheating on his, getting cheated on by his wife and he tries to like peek in the window and and some guy sticks his butt out the window and farts in that person's yeah. mouth. There's also like some sort of like feminism takeaway. In this, yes, we'll 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 get into that. But also, when I was in high school, we had to memorize the prologue of the Canterbury Tales in Old English. Do you want to hear what I remember? Yeah. Right. One let Avril with his shore sota, at with the draught of March hath pierced to the rota, and bothered every vein in sweet liqueur, at which virtue engendered is the floor. That's well, I just I felt like I was on mushrooms <laughs> listening to you say that. Yeah, dude. Well, do like five fucking crazy. Accents. I know. Well, I, I, yeah. But anyway, okay. Ugh. All right, so let's just dig into this fuck pie and not in a I fun hate way. It. All right, so we'll we'll talk about the cast first. So the most notable cast member mm-hmm. in this movie is Marcello Mastroianni, who is oh. world famous from Fellini films. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. like he eight and a half, he like he was this massive sex symbol, Italian hunk. Yeah. Height of glamour desired all over the place. Yeah. You know, so he's he's this is in the 70s, so like he's a little bit older, but he's so hot. And of course, he's like the hottest out of all of them. Mm -hmm. He's like the womanizer character. So our characters, we have Ugo, who is a chef. And then we have Marcello, which is Marcello Mastroianni's character. He is an Alitalia airline pilot. And he is a womanizer. Absolutely. And then we have Michelle, who is the, the TV star, as we learn Throughout the movie, he is very much so a gay man. Oh, absolutely. He's wearing pink sweaters. He's wearing, like, a maternity caftan later, because I think yeah. he's so fucking bloated, which we'll get oh. into. And he he does ballet. He you like, know, he's got his little man tart on. What? I think he likes Oh, he's absolutely in love with Marcella. Yeah. Well, yeah, as we find out. And then we have Philippe. Philippe. Okay. Philippe, man. Philippe is, oh my, okay, I actually started to like him later, because he started to make me laugh, but at the beginning, I was, like, immediately about to throw up the first minute within meeting him. So, Philippe, talking about this movie makes me laugh. Philippe is, like, this mildly important, like, magistrate something, and he comes from, like, old Money. money, he's, like, a giant man baby like when we first meet him he's like waking up from bed and this lady is shaking him awake we find out it's his nanny okay so this is just kind of the first sex moment in this movie okay so philippe is like wakes up in the morning his nanny wakes him up he's in like a little boy's like twin bed still she's kind of you know like a woman who looks like she is still living with a 45-year-old man who she's been nannying since she was able to lactate. Yes. So, like, he wakes up and he, like, immediately, like, nuzzles her boobs. It's, like, weird off 
that. The chart. It's just wrong. It's gross. And he keeps, like, looking at, like, they do close-ups of, like, her cleavage and, like, how he's, like, sexualizing her. How he's checking her out and, like, all the shit sexualizing her. And and she's, she's, like, gets jealous and possessive of him and, like, won't let him, like, expand beyond other women because they have, like, a disgusting, fucked-up sexual relationship. And, yeah, she says, like, how could you betray me? I breastfed you. And he keeps, like, looking at her boobs and looking at her boobs. And it's, like, clearly sexual. And it's clearly, like, he's got a relationship with his nanny and her milk titties. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to convince him not to go Mm -hmm. away for this weekend. Mm -hmm. And she's like, stay, stay. And he's like, no, Natalie, but you always rape me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? (laughs) What? Yeah, it was brutal. Hello? Yeah, just like so not Like, I'm immediately ill. <laughs> this is so gross immediately. Yeah, I was like, oh, what am I getting myself I'm immediately here? ill and mad. Yeah, it's disgusting. Ugh. Okay, so that's just the tip of the iceberg, folks. Yeah, just that the, is just the tip of this iceberg. The shit show that's about to go down. Christ, Okay. So the guys all get, so they all go to, it's like, Philippe's, I don't know, it's like some manor in the countryside, like some old house. It's like his family estate, Uh but no one currently lives there. As soon as these guys, like, arrive at this house, they're getting meat delivered, pigs, tons of carcasses. So the first binge, the guys get started off with oysters. As they project nudie images onto the wall from a projector as they're eating the oysters. And they kind of, like, have a contest of, like, who can eat the fastest? These oysters look fucking gross. Oysters are my favorite food in the entire universe. And unlike what we're going to see in the next movie, these look gross. Mm -hmm. And, like, the whole thing is just, like, ew. And the the slurping and the sound. The slurp, yes. Okay, so then they have breakfast the next morning, another, like, giant breakfast. Poor Michelle is starting to get a little gassy. Michelle's already getting gassy. Michelle's already getting gassy. So they they order some sex workers over for like... Well, Marcel was like, I need sex. Yeah, he needs one because he's a womanizer. Yeah. And he is a sex addict. Yeah. I think we can safely assume. Yeah. Before I get to that, very important thing happens. A crucial part of this story. And maybe the only glimmer of hope we can walk away with comes with this entrance. So this little kid rings the doorbell at the house and he's like hello like can i look at the juniper tree or whatever that blah, 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 blah. i don't know and michelle answers the door in a caftan mm-hmm. and because i think he's getting really bloated so the these kids come over they invite the class the kids from the class over it's nice and their teacher mm-hmm. andrea who's kind of like this very pretty. Yeah, very pretty. Heavier woman. And, like, maybe, like, weight came into it. It's like, oh, well, we gotta have a fat girl, like, because it's about food and it's about gluttony and it's about eating. But I, I don't know. That didn't feel, that didn't feel so much in the forefront to mm-hmm. me. We're gonna see her naked throughout this whole movie, oh, guys. Yeah. And this is, I liked that, despite some of the disgusting things that she does, mm-hmm. she looks stunning. Yeah, She's she looks sexy. Great. And, like, her symbolism in this film says a lot, too. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so the kids eat, teacher eats, 
her she and when she but her demeanor changes. Well, not yet. So like when she tastes the food, her face like illuminates mm-hmm. up. You know, like, her face illuminates every time, like, a new dish comes out. And, like, these guys, well, they've got a fucking chef here. So he's, like, bringing out, like, I don't even know know. all this fucking food that's coming out. It's, like, shit on skewers, drumsticks, lots of meats, crude meats, meats. many (laughs) crude meats. Crude meats going on. Not crude, rude, dirty vegetables. Unlike in Name of (laughs) But many crude meats, a whole poo-poo platter. So her and Phil, her old poo-poo platter, literally, literally. Teach and Philippe are kind of hitting it off a little bit. I think this is the first woman he's encountered in his realm that's an option outside of his breastfeeding, lactating nanny. So it's like very similar to nanny. Yes, and she's kind of, because she's a teacher, like she's a little bit matronly, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like this provider, caretaker role. So of course his baby dick is like all excited to suck on some titties and get some more booby milk Mm -hmm. for himself. So he invites her to stay. She's like, ah, like, I gotta go. So they get the sex workers over. And then, okay, so we do have a legit sex scene. Marcelo brings one of the, it's like, I think one of the blonde girl or something, yeah. out to the garage oh. where he's got this little race car. And he brings out this pipe. And I can't remember what it's called. It starts with an M. And he's got a giant bowl of pasta that he's eating. Like, this giant bowl of pasta that could feed a family of five, like, on top of the car and he's eating it as he's talking to her then he brings out this pipe and like fucks her with the pipe ow yes and she's like it's cold and he's like it'll It'll warm you yeah and it's just like I don't it's like men and machines and phallic objects and you know like misogyny it's It's, disgusting yeah it's it's gross it is disgusting Teach comes back that night Teach wants to hang out Teach wants to hang she's all glowed up She's in a little party dress. Yeah, she looks great. You know, she's 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 vampy. She's a little vampy. So her and Philippe continue to hit it off. Everyone's drinking, they're eating, everyone's getting very much, it's like an orgy vibe, yeah. you know? Yeah. We're getting an orgy vibe. We're getting real hedonistic at this uh, point. Yeah. So she takes Philippe upstairs because he breaks like a button on his fly or something like that, probably because his baby dick is popping up a boner. And she is, like, stitching the button back on his pant crotch, Uh being a mommy, and helping mend his clothing. Yeah, and he's getting so turned on. And he's getting, like, really turned on, and then she, like, starts kissing his crotch. Mm -hmm. And he starts to get, like, aroused, and then there's a part where he, like, reaches down and, like, kind of grabs her tits a little bit, and then he's like, I'm sorry. And then she starts blowing him yeah she starts blowing him and when i laughed out loud is in the middle of the blow job he's like will you marry me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like he's so delighted and shocked of, of his baby dick getting sucked that he by a woman that's not his 85 year old nanny <laughs> who breastfed him that he proposed Raised this. him <laughs> yeah, his uh, nanny who always rapes him. He said it so I casually can't. too. I was just like, was that just the translation, or like, <laughs> does he actually feel like he's getting raped? I don't know. It was so fucked up. I was like, I can't even think about this more. Yeah, it's like too. Oh it's my too god. Crazy. Yeah. So he asked her to marry him, and then we cut to them in bed. So I guess she took his non nanny 
virginity. Yeah, she's uh, like, yeah, I'll marry you. Yeah, exactly. So she like accepts. I don't know you. Let's do it. So throughout all of this, Michelle, so he's been struggling with some gassiness oh, this yeah. whole time, and it's been progressively worse. There's a scene where he goes outside and lets out this giant fart. And I think that's why he's wearing this maternity caftan now because he's so bloated. So there's this scene where he's like got really awful gas and Marcello is like helping him push the gas out. But he's like, he's like spread your legs and it's weirdly sexual as he's like pushing, Marcelo's pushing out on Michelle's stomach and pushing the farts out and he's like, oh, that feels good. And it's weirdly sexual and it's gross and I want to throw up. Yeah. I want to throw up then and I want to throw up now. Yeah. But I won't. Yeah. Okay, so, like, we had to go through that traumatizing thing. Like, farts are usually funny to me, but this was disgusting. Dude, this was so awful. And this is where I'm, like, this is, like, Canterbury Tales shit. Like, fart, 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 fart. Sexual farting relief. I don't know. I've never heard that many farts on film. I, oh, God. Wild. Okay. So, at this point in the movie... Teach's demeanor starts to change yeah, a little bit. She's getting filthy. She's getting filthy, and she's taking sort of this role, like this Fengali type role. And there's that, like, there's kind of that moment where her character changes, where she's like, "I'm hungry," and she gets real fierce, like uh-huh. and mean, like she's like, "I'm fucking hungry." Like, I want more things. I'm starving. Yes. Yes. And she's not so demure anymore. No, she's not. And eventually, like, she, guys, like, full disclosure, she starts fucking all of them. Even Michelle, which Jeez. we'll get to. She's running the chessboard now, oh, she guys. Is. She is 100% running the chessboard. Yeah. So then, okay. So, of course, um, okay. Well, we're going to have to talk about this now. What? Michelle and Teach. Fart sex. Fart sex. Okay, I never guys. even realized. I, I fart sex. They, like, take down Michelle's pants. And it's, like, weird and kind of rapey. Teach crawls on top of him and like sits on his dick. Sits on his dick. I don't know but if he's, he's hard or if so she gets it pain. inside. Yeah, he's in so much pain. This man is, like, literally, like, this bloating is getting scary. Like, we are getting into, like, you need to go to the hospital situation. Yeah. Because he's so bloated, but he keeps fucking eating. He's not giving himself any breaks. Yeah. So, she's fucking him. She's like, I don't know if his dick's in her. Probably not, because I, I don't think he's aroused. She's just and his She's, skin. like, riding on his, like, soft dick, and he's like... Ew! <laughs> Like, it's constant. It's like, I know, wasn't that? That was kind of sounded like it, though, right? Like, kind of wet farts. Like, there was a little spittle coming up out of my mouth as I was doing that. Dude, it was so awful. And he's just, like, farting right on her. And they're all watching. Just, like, imagine how about that. His fart. He has the meat farts. You like, her vagina is getting the fart air. Dude, it's like being crop dusted. It's just, she's having 
fart air in her hoonanitan. And it's not bothering her for some reason. Because I think she's just like, I'm above all of this. Like, she is honestly, it's almost like she's gotten into a mental state where she's above all of this. Yeah. So we have to, that traumatizing that no one realizes that, like, Michelle is, like, Like, slowly dying. I think she, yeah. Well, it's it's also, but, like, also, wait, you are? or Right now, because it's just the movie. Because it's so awful. I told you it was bad. I told you, brace yourself. Which is why we're going to close with Tom Popo. Leave our audience with some hope for survival after this movie. Okay, so we go through that traumatizing fart sex. But then that... The scene with the bathroom and all the shit. Oh god! Like that that scene. Like I was gonna throw up. Okay. Yeah. The toilet explodes full of shit. There's shit. But it's like everywhere, and then they're like throwing up, and it's (sighs) it's awful, and it's like you can smell it. Bro, yes. It's all over the whole bathroom Like, I was dry heaving. The bidet is done. It's awful. Ruined the bidet. And it gets all over the... It's all over his clothes. It's (sighs) disgusting. It is... I... You know, it is... It is so awful. Thank you for bringing that up. I think I... I think I emotionally... Blocked it out. Blocked it out? Yeah. So, of course, because Marcelo's, like, the hot guy, he starts coming in on Teach. Like, he's like, ooh, he needs his his woman. Because all the sex workers left after the next morning. They're like, I'm out. I'm out of here. They're like, I can't even. I feel ill. I don't care. So, Marcelo starts, like, effectively cock-blocking Philippe. And there's a scene where, uh, and, like, Philippe's like, my fiancé. Like, he is, like, his little girlfriend, you know, to him. It's the first woman he's ever seen outside of nanny milk tits. Um... (laughs) Nanny milk tits. <laughs> Nanny milk tits. Um, his wet nurse and, and lover. His wet nurse and lover. Nanny milk tits. Yeah. So Marcelo, like, he, it, it's clear that she's, like, kind of going off with Marcelo. And Philippe gets, like, kind of pissed off. And he's starting to, like, micromanage Ugo in the kitchen. And he's like, why is there no stuffing in this mutton? Or, or something mad. like that. He's getting real mad. He's getting puss- pissy. He's deflecting his madness into his 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 disappointment that the mutton isn't stuffed. Her, with, so he'll control right. something else. He's going he's to backseat drive the fucking chef. You do not backseat drive, chef. No, you never backseat drive a chef. No, you, you sure do not. But die, which they do. <laughs> <laughs> right. So then Ugo says something that I thought was interesting in response to Philippe's whining. He says, life stuffs you. You don't need stuffing. Life stuffs you. And it's almost like. Yeah. There we go. Here yeah. we go with the underlying. With what's going on yeah, here. Is patriarchy. it just Well, is it just general dissatisfaction with life and all the garbage that it shoves down your throat that they're just like, I'm out. I don't know. So Marcelo intervenes with Teach. And he's like, I'm gonna get my dick in there. So they end up in bed I together. I wanna go get my dick wet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I went through. I can't do it. I wanna accent. get my dick wet. <laughs> wet dick. So him and Teach, she's all. She's in all this beautiful lingerie. Yeah, suddenly, like throughout the entire movie, loved it. And then want he, it. He's getting rapey on her. Yes, they end up in bed together. She's like laying back in bed, eating like a chicken wing, and he's like groping her belly, groping her boobs. Like he's kind of like reveling in like the bounty of her flesh. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I, I don't think know. there is but some. He gets rapey with her. Yes. So what he does, he's like, stop eating. 
And he kind of, like, forces, he, like, rips away her chicken wing. And she's kind of, like, laughing at him, to be perfectly honest. She like, this woman, she's, she's above it all. At, she yeah. knows what she's fucking doing. So they start banging, and they bang the plates off of the bed. The plates fall off the bed and shatter, but he can't perform. And that is such a huge bruise to his Such a huge ego. bruise to his ego that he throws a hissy fit, oh goes God, outside, and he's, and he's like, I'm going to go sit in my car. I need to leave because I need women and, like, blah, blah, blah. And he tries to leave, and it's, like, snowing out at this point. Fucker freezes to death in the middle of the night in his car. He couldn't even make it out of the driveway. So one down, guys. We have our first death. Marcelo, Thank dead Thank God. Snow. I was like, when are these bitches going to start dying? Yeah. So they go find him the next morning. Michelle weeps, like, really weeps like over the top he's going through it he's going through some grief and and then he kisses marcello's Mm -hmm. frozen lips and then later he puts on marcello's clothes yeah i don't know how he could fit into them if he's so bloated very tight i saw okay yeah he couldn't quite button the jacket god that was oh god 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 so okay so now teach is getting on ugo and there's like this scene where they're like making out in the kitchen he's like feeling her tits she's like feeling his dick and he says your mouth smells like borscht which i was like okay i do love borscht though but like (laughs) classic classic buff just classic big feast way to throw that a little linguistic delight like that in there for our noshing pleasure christ so anyway michelle dies next Michelle can't even dance anymore. This man, like, again, like Maggie mentioned, he's so bloated, he can't even button his coat. This man is in severe pain. There, He keeps getting like cold. Pain. He keeps getting cold. Yeah. He can't even play the piano anymore. So basically, what happens is he wanders out onto the terrace, shoves his bloated belly against the railing, like the bolstrode of the terrace, and then shits himself to death. Yeah. He sharp poos, and you can see it all over his pants. Mm-hmm. Like, shit. He shit through his pants. There yeah. was so much poo that it went through his pants. Yeah. Ugo dies next. He puts together a pate cake. It Ugh. is like this wedding-sized pate cake and they're all they all sit down to eat it and Philippe and teacher are like I'm full and the chef he keeps going man like I'm sorry but if you are if you are eating a pate cake like you are going to die yeah you will die that's why he did it he was like I'm over this yes exactly okay yeah so he dies and he keeps eating he keeps eating and eating and he's like oh and then he, he's, like, so far gone that he can't even lift the spoon to his mouth. He falls back on his prep station, and Teach and Philip, or no, Philip is spoon-feeding him these massive amounts of pate that oh. looks disgusting. And I love pate. I'm a pate gal. Like, put some chicken liver mousse in front of me. You know that. Yeah. And so, as he's dying, like, clinging onto his last breath, still eating this mush pate, Teach starts jerking him off. While he's like oh, he eating and it. slobbering, yeah. and then he comes, he di- he comes, and then he dies. That's a nice way to go. It was disgusting. So Philippe, as we find out later in the movie, has fucking diabetes. 
I think he got diabetes. Oh, he got diabetes? That's the... How did they diagnose him? I think he got diabetes from eating all that food. Okay. That was a quick diagnosis that they done did. I think, I mean, that's what I'm getting... But in any case, so he's like, they're both outside of the house now. All these wild dogs have showed up. And they're sitting, like, on a little table and chair. He's sitting on a little table and chair outside of the house, like, on the lawn. And the teacher comes out with a titty cake. Titty cake. That looks gross. All the food in this looks disgusting. disgusting. And he's, like, eating the titty cake. She sits down next to him. And he gets through one tit. And he dies. And she's like, finally. And she then is the only one left. Of course. And another delivery comes to the house. And uh, that's the end of the movie. Thank fucking God. Thank fucking God. Any any final thoughts? Um, I like that. <laughs> you liked it? I, you know what, guys? I'm I, watching it again tonight. I've changed my mind. I've decided to become a chef. <laughs> really like this film yeah. <laughs> top 10 um, <laughs> no i was gonna say i like the um like kind of like the matriarchy i just felt like there was a lot of symbolism in the fact that she was the one who survived i uh, yes she could eat them yes she's like the stronger one. yes absolutely and she's the feminine absolutely one. and she's the smarter one and she's the, the smarter, smarter one and you know she started her, her character had a really strong arc where she started as just like this kind of like demure, seemingly like naive mm-hmm. little, mm-hmm. you know, that's modest my t- that's my teacher. From and then she film. ends up, yeah, being like this vampy murderess, kind yeah, of, you know, like she beats them at their own game. Power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to much, much lovelier and wonderful territory now. Let's, tra- oh let's transition out of hell. Yeah. Out of culinary hell yeah. and into culinary heaven. Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. Truly. All right. What are we talking about, you guys? We are talking about Tom Popo. Tom Popo. I am deeply ashamed to say that I had never heard about this movie before. And I call myself a cinephile film buff, and I had not heard of this movie before, and I am disgusted with myself it's so good. About that. This movie is is so lovely. There was something very timeless about this film to me. So apparently it was inspired by New Wavy French comedies, mm-hmm. which you can feel you can a bit, and also it. Hollywood Westerns, yeah, which comes in, uh, comes in a little bit. And this movie is so charming mm-hmm. and, well, it contrasts definitely with the grand feast and i would even say so with nine and a half weeks the food in this movie mm-hmm. looks gorgeous oh yeah like looks delicious like my mouth of art watering so okay so this movie was also made in 1986 and it was written and directed by is it I th- I, i'm probably and apologies everyone i'm probably gonna mispronounce a lot of these names uh juzo Itami. So One of the things, so this has a, a really excellent cast. One of the, the notables that stuck out to me, so Ken Watanabe is a really, really big actor. He's been nominated for Oscars. He was in um, like Letters to Iwo Jima. He was Gun, who we're going to meet later, who was one of the, who he was the other truck driver. Oh, um, yeah. 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 Okay. Maggie, give us a plot summary, please. 
After a milk truck driver tells the owner of a noodle shop the ugly truth about her cooking, they depart in search of the perfect noodle recipe. Yes. And, um, okay, so it opens, and I was immediately hooked with the opening. It opens very cleverly, very tongue-in-cheek with uh, a breaking of the fourth wall. So this super foxy hot man in a white suit and his foxy-ass girlfriend are going to the movies. They sit down at this, like, movie theater. Champagne gets poured in front of them, and there's, like, this delicious platter of food set down. They settle into the movie. Suddenly, the guy in the white suit breaks the fourth wall, and he starts talking to the audience, and it's very meta. He's like, oh, are you at the movies, too? And he starts throwing shade at the audience, talking about people who are crunching their food in the movie theater, uh-huh. like the mouth noises yeah. and the candy wrappers. Then he goes up to a guy in the audience who is chomping really loudly on like some candy or something uh-huh. like that and like bitches him out. And I thought that was really awesome. I loved the way that happened. Um, so one of the things ab- about this movie is food is not a means to an end by any means. There is deep reverence and appreciation and uh, for the tradition specifically in this movie with ramen mm-hmm. and goddamn did i want ramen immediately after I finished this movie. Okay, so we meet these two guys in a truck. One's older and one is younger. The younger one, who I thought was hot, Gun, is Ken Watanabe. And then the older one, he's... I think he's hot. Okay, I, I, I'm going to say something about that a little bit. Okay, oh, and uh, the older truck driver is named Goro. So they, they kind of, they see this little boy get beaten up out in the street. They save him from, like, the school bullies. They go into this ramen shop that's, like, pretty run down, and they meet Tom Popo, who's, the boy is her son. Mm-hmm. She's widowed. She is running this shop all by herself. She's trying to survive. Trying to survive, you know, and um, there's, like, this village asshole when Goro and Gun come into the bar and they end up like taking him out and they get in like this big fight Goro and Gun end up staying with uh Tom Popo and her little boy and then we kind of get started with this little love story so uh when Goro wakes up the next morning he wakes up and he sees Tom Popo's face and it's like he's infatuated and the love story in this movie is like what super hooked me and mm-hmm. it's just like it was so romantic and immediately like there's this chemistry mm-hmm. which continues to build and it's like a slow burn too. a very slow burn so basically we're like we go into like bar rescue mode goro is kind of like a restauranter mastermind he's got past like we kind of know we don't really know a ton about him yeah but he turns into like sort of this like restaurant mastermind and he's like, I'm gonna school you to whip this place into shape. You yeah. know, like you need to cut the meat differently. Like, no, this broth doesn't have enough body. Like it's not the smell. You need to pay attention to the smell. Pay attention to the way it's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, like he's her, he's her like strict he's her, teacher. Yes. But also just like, because he cares so much about her. <laughs> And wants her to do well. Yeah. Well, and, like, it, it they, they ham so, it up. This yeah. movie is hilarious. Like, they ham it up to the point where, like, he's, like, training her. It's, like, Rocky, yeah, where he's, is. like, following her on a bicycle. Okay. So, while Bar Rescue is happening, yeah. you know, so we, there is one, uh, it's not so much, uh, it, there are a bunch of these little asides. My favorite one, which we're going to talk about, which I already talked to you about earlier. Um, but there's this other sort of, 
through line. So that man in the white suit and his girlfriend, Mm -hmm. they're staying at a hotel. So him and his girlfriend, they get this like crazy room service order. It's basically like a buffet of culinary and carnal delights. So it's pretty, it's pretty nuts. So like she's naked and he takes a lemon, squeezes it on her nipple, pours salt on her nipple, sucks her nipple. I think it like, I think of it was so sensual too, because it's like their love of like the food and like the artistry behind it and like putting that pleasure that you get yeah mixed with like the pleasure of sex and not a grotesque way and like a really beautiful artful way well and then she like dips her boob in powdered sugar and then there's this like really graphic like very loosey-goosey tongue kissing scene where i think it's honey in this particular scene not the later Um, one and then we go real gonzo and he gets like fresh crawdads uh-huh. and puts them in a bowl. Like prawns. Yeah. prawns. Put some of the brandy in there. So oh yeah, so they were drunk and so okay. Were, like, yeah, and then puts the bowl with the liquid in it with on the squirming crawd like crawdads on her abdomen. I was the, this is like we're getting. This is like where we're getting real fringy. I mean, this is feeling a little tentacle-ish to me. Like we're getting taboo. We're we're verging on the taboo. Yeah, you know, I liked that it. Was, I, would, I thought it was cool. It was shocking. Yeah. You know, that was like, oh, yeah. yeah. So we'll go back to Goro and Tompopo and Tobo. So they meet, like, a group of, like, homeless, unhoused gentlemen in, like, a park who are friends of Goro's, I, I guess. And they're kind of like these lost boys robin hood's merry men of sherwood forest thieves slash like greek chorus i was also like are these like a bunch of down on their luck former industry guys (laughs) because they're all food and bev they're all food and bev aficionados and they talk about like oh man like check out like come eat with us and they're like check out this pork man it's not as good as it used Used to to be be. and this one guy is like talking about a wine that he found that was like still so perfect and the way it went down your throat like it was just beautiful and they they break the fourth wall they're they're talking straight to the audience Mm -hmm. and i thought that was just what they're commenting on is this lament of the commercialization of food Mm -hmm. And the compromising of integrity. Exactly. You know, so it's it's like back to earth, back to, you know, back to the source, back to the essence, back mm-hmm. to the real, back the to spirit. the art form, the spirit and the joy and just the warmth that, you know, a mm-hmm. lovingly prepared meal Can brings you, you, you know, and, and there's important it is. absolutely at the end uh, before they, they go home, the they sit on the stairs and I don't remember what song they sing, but they send off Goro Tampopo and Tobo with like this beautiful song. And I think they're kind of blessing her mm-hmm. go forth on this mission I'm to make sure. food beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they find, they bring some guy from the troupe with them to help with oh, the yeah, yeah. restaurant. They keep building their crew. Yeah, exactly. The crew accumulates. Yeah. The team is happening. Yeah. The team, the team is being built. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get to, the the probably the most famous scene of this movie the egg kiss the egg kiss okay so we are back with hot businessman and his hot girlfriend in the hotel room they've got you know their room service buffet of ingredients 
for their, you know, culinary sexcapades that they are currently enjoying. Mm-hmm. He grabs an egg, cracks it open, and he puts the yolk in his mouth. And he, he, he opens it and he, like, drops it in his mouth like he would an oyster, mm-hmm. you know? And he and his girlfriend open mouthed slowly with their tongues pass the yolk so into hot. each other's mouths and it sounds weird and gross but this was sexy oh, so sexy like he this man looks like he's very good in bed oh absolutely hot they slowly pass it back and forth and there's like panting and i think he's fingering her mm-hmm. because she's like it's escalating it's oh, escalating yeah. it's escalating they're passing it back and forth and then eventually she comes and, and the yolk breaks and it spills out of her mouth and onto her chin and like down her chin mm-hmm. and it's a little grunt it's shocking but obviously i mean I y'all do we it. even have to say what this is a metaphor for yeah it's pretty obvious but also like fluid release that's kind of a taboo thing that this is this flirts with taboos Mm -hmm. this this movie i would say it absolutely flirts with taboos like we flirted with tentacle porn we're flirting with fluid release yeah all that shit so then we go to another well it's not quite a sex scene but it's a sexual scene so hot business like hot man in the white suit is on the beach and he meets an oyster girl and she is collecting oysters. They're like these big, beautiful oysters. And he's like, oh, can I can I buy one from you? And she's like, sure, I'll even open it for you. And it, we, it opens the oyster, beautiful shot of the oyster and the flesh. It's gorgeous, pink, lush, moist, everything that a pussy is. Yeah. And Texture he, point. yeah, and he goes to, uh, you know, to eat it by, you know, dipping the, the shell. shell. And he cuts his lip. Yeah. And she, uh, he gives the shell back to her and she takes away that little part, the jagged edge that cut him. He ends up eating it from her hand. And she puts the oyster, she cuts the flesh from the shell and puts it in her hand. Mm -hmm. And he goes to eat it and he like licks her hand a little Mm -hmm. bit. He's like tickling her and then he like slurps it up. And then they end up kissing and very... Uh, liberal use of tongues here and she's kind of licking the blood from his lip Mm -hmm. and yeah oyster girl oyster girl tongue fuck yeah kiss yeah yeah not his lady not his lady i think he's a i think he is a low-key food and sex addict yeah all right, so now, okay, so Tom Popo, you know, they're, they're continuing the, the restaurant revamp, you know, the bar rescue. This ragtag crew is assembling the, uh, the guy who was a belligerent asshole at the very beginning of the movie. that like, ends up, him and Goro, like, have a fight match, and they man to man, and then they end up being friends, and he ends up being a contractor. He's going to help them do all the restorations and everything. Yeah. It's got a ragtag crew of people. It reminded me, I was like, am I watching The Bear yeah. right now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, They're this like is like, it. I know, yeah. right? So, oh, okay. So this part is so romantic to me. This is, all right, by this point in the movie, I am so on board for Goro and Tom Popo mm-hmm. to get together. Like, I am fully here. I am shipping them. I am, I am all on it. And so she 
gets a makeover. There's a couple different looks. One is like her beautiful chef outfit. When he sees her, he's like, oh my God. And this entire time, all of his friends like gun his truck driver buddy. All the other guys like, come on, just admit you're in love with her. Yeah, exactly. You know you're in love with her. And they're all kind of like making fun of him about it because he won't admit it. He won't admit it. So then uh, Tom Popo, she's all like glowed up. And she, she comes by in, like, this really cute polka dot dress mm-hmm. so and, cute. and like, beret. Yeah. And she's like, let's go out tonight. So, like, they go out to dinner. Food looks amazing. It's pouring rain outside. And there's, like, steam coming off the dishes. They've got this giant bottle. It's either, like, plum wine or sake or something like that. And it is so cozy and romantic and it really feels like a date they start talking about their exes like this is a date guys come on so anyway they leave the restaurant and it's pouring rain outside they can't get a cab it's so romantic and he ends up like putting his arm around her and they end up walking back to the ramen shop and she lives above the ramen shop her and tobo's apartment is above the ramen shop they're both freezing when they get inside and she runs baths for them. And then we cut to the scene of him in the bath. He still got his fucking hat on. Yeah. And before I go further with this, okay, this is like, it was around, like, as we got closer to this, I was starting to get the hots for Boro. Yeah. And then I realized, okay, and like, I am not necessarily into this person, nor was I this, like, a thing for me. He's kind of given me Michael Landon as Pa Ingalls in Little House on the Prairie vibes. Oh, my God, you and Little House on the Prairie. I love Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, here, I'm going to show you a picture. Oh, my God. Every time we do the picture thing. <laughs> I think it's the hat. Let me see. Okay. Yes. Kind of like this surly, it. rugged, masculine, mm-hmm. and the hat. Yeah. It's like the same hat. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And wow. like something about the face. Yeah. Yeah. And the hair. Michael Landon is uh-huh. Pot Ingalls vibes. It really is. Okay. I am very I'm 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 Team Goro right now. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm I've so been Team Goro. I'm so into this man. And so he he's taking a bath and he, he takes his hat off. He keeps his hat on in the bath, but then he takes it off for a second because he finds her hairbrush mm-hmm. and he smells it and he kind of like takes out some of her hairs and then he brushes his own hair with it and then Goro looks up and he sees a bunch of sexy lingerie that she has mm-hmm. in the bedroom hanging up and it's like oh she's a woman yeah. oh. <laughs> and then uh, while he's in the bath she goes and uh, picks up his clothes his wet clothes that he'd left um, when he changed and including his his wet white underwear to wash so it's like very intimate like they're getting into like very intimate ground and i was really hoping they were gonna bang yeah and they they did not okay so put a pin in that for a second we're gonna get to my favorite part of the movie (laughs) we have got to talk about the fruit lady Dude, I lost my shit. Okay, so this is like one of those little vignettes. So this old woman is basically 
terrorizing this supermarket clerk. So she she walks. It's like this old like little like quiet woman. She walks into a supermarket and she picks up a peach. And she's like squeezing she it, loves like this. Squeezing. She just loves squeezing foods and feeling, feeling the foods. And I don't know, it's like an intrusive thought or something. It, it seems like, like a pleasure. compulsive, yeah, yeah pleasure. It's totally compulsive. So like she goes, she ruins a peach, and then she's on the move, man. <laughs> she's in the cheese aisle. She's putting her fingers in the brie and just like leaving it behind. And like this, this, this grocery clerk is like on her, and he like can't catch her. Like she is fucking sneaky yeah, as hell. She, like, pokes her, her head behind the aisle, and the, the guy sees her, and then she, like, bolts in the other direction. <laughs> then she goes missing again, and then bitch is in the pastry aisle. Oh, She's yeah. squeezing croissants, quiches, like, <laughs> yeah. this shit has no, like, and then the, the grocery clerk, like, finally comes up on her with a fly swatter, and he swats her hand, and she's like... <laughs> oh my I was losing you guys like just watch it for yourselves because it is so charming and so funny and this uh-huh. woman's facial expressions are just like, so good. the best it's just amazing so, so amazing um, and it came out of nowhere too yeah. it was just this perfect little oh, vignette okay so after the fruit lady we we close our hot man in the white suit and his foxy girlfriend story i guess he's a gangster he gets shot down he gets like in the middle of the street like four different times considering he's a philanderer maybe he deserved what he got but his girlfriend like comes after him she's like no and like his last dying words to her it's like some trivia about boars and yams Mm -hmm. and boar sausage and Mm -hmm. like this guy like definitely has a food fetish yeah yeah so it's like boar trivia and then he dies and that's the end of their plot line yeah as all of this was happening we've been getting this restaurant together vamping it up the stakes are high oh yeah super super high around this food that's like one thing that like it's culinary perfection like this is down this is like chef's principles mastery mastery. so there is the final tasting scene where tom popo finally gets the ramen right triumph and then we see the you know the newly refurbished restaurant it's called tom popo it's got a painting of daisy dude this looks like it's in austin yeah (laughs) this place like this would make a killing in austin yeah Easy, easy, easy. Everything's lovely. The whole gang is there together. Tobo learned how to get tough and fight the bullies back because of Goro's influence and, you know, having a man, like, to role model after his dad died. And now he's got friends coming over to the restaurant. It's so cute and so sweet. And then what crushed me, Goro leaves. Why? You're so upset. Why? Because his purpose was to just, he, he's a, you know, he's a man of, like, he's like a cowboy. I was. He has, that was, his purpose was to help, help her grow into herself, find her soul He's like a manic pixie dream boy. Yeah. Find her purpose and then, like, go, go on his journey. And but and they didn't get to consummate like, it. They never I even like, kissed. I like that. Yeah, I, I know it's like more poetic. Like, but I was like, so upset. Love is just so like, it's like they love each other so much. And I was it doesn't devastated. have to turn into them like 
getting married or like having sex. It's just like, no, they just love each other so much and it's so wholesome that they don't have to go there. I was devastated. I thought it was really cute. It is. I was crushed. Still upset about it because the slow build. Oh my god! And like, true chemistry with these actors. Oh, yeah. Like, I bought it immediately. It was palpable. Yeah. It was so well done. It yeah. was great. Right. Like this movie is just like good god. It's it's one of the greatest cinematic masterworks. It's good. It's I would great. say yeah. absolutely like one of the movies you must see it just before you, you die. Absolutely brings you joy. So we close. Very thankful for this one. Me too. I have a lot of gratitude for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we close with a close-up. We get some up-close and personal breastfeeding, which I understand, like, the poetic, as the credits are rolling, I understand, like, we go full circle. This is the source of food. This is the first food. Mm-hmm. This is food in its essence. If you have ever... Okay, well, you've breastfed. I've never had children. If you, All right, so... I usually look away because I feel like I have to when I see a lady whip out her tit and her giant nipple to feed her kid right in front of me. Mm -hmm. If you're like me and you've never seen it up close, watch this movie because it zooms right on in and it gets closer and closer and closer and closer as the as the credits roll. And then that's the like it's like mouth in action, baby mouth in action, sucking on the nip. Source of life. Yeah, the source of life. Such a wonderful movie. So gorgeous. Such a wonderful movie. Okay, I have yeah. a question for you. Yes. Okay. All of these movies, well, all of these movies are on our podcast for a reason because they all are boundary pushing. What do you think? Okay, so like food does not seem kinky, okay? At all. It's just food, it's sustenance. What is it about the integration of food and sex and when they're brought together what is taboo about that because it is we it's palpable we can feel it like the egg thing is hot but it's it's shocking you know like the crawfish thing was shocking nine and a half weeks is famous for being shocking i mean the the grand buff is its own monster but what is that because it's strange to me why does that why is this kinky because it's carnal, and it's also, like, digesting. Like, you know, when you're really attracted to somebody, you want, you say, I would, like, want to take a bite out of you because it's bringing you so much, yeah. like, pleasure. Yeah. It works so well together because it's the same source of pleasure that you're getting. Like, it's, like, that's why they say foodgasm. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, yeah. like, it's so intertwined because when you have a good piece of food, or whatever it's like you get you're so happy like it fulfills this thing or it's just like the same thing like when you're having really good sex with someone and you have an orgasm it's like it's it's a it's that beautiful like fine line yeah but it makes complete sense to me i think you know as as I, I thought about this more because like to me like food doesn't seem as obviously kinky as like chains and whips or you know like puppy play or you know whatever you know necrophilia whatever any of the sort of like the fetish fringy things that we've covered so far on this podcast and i think humans I think there is, even though, like, we have addiction and, like, all this stuff, there is almost some inherent resistance to hedonism. And maybe these movies do feel boundary-pushing and taboo because when you combine two 
pleasures as visceral as food and sex, mm-hmm. it could or maybe feels like it's verging into hedonism or it's flirting with hedonism and that's why it seems shocking yeah i think like subconsciously maybe that is why bringing food and sex together makes sense feels like it's pushing the envelope Mm -hmm. a little bit and it feels shocking you know i'm all about it i want to do food play let's go any final thoughts about Uh, this series i'm full i'm maxed out i gotta take a nap cool all right it was a roller coaster. Well, all right. So just one quick thing before we go. Because of the holiday season madness, Maggie and I are only doing one episode in November, as you probably guessed, because this one's coming late, and then one in December, because we do not want to overcommit and then screw ourselves later because of all the travel and work's getting really busy and it's all going to be insane. And then starting in January, we will be back to our regular bi-weekly schedule. Yes. Thank so, you so much. Thank you guys so for much for listening. listening. We will see you guys in December with our kinky Christmas episode. Woo! All right. Uh, kinky Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> thank you for listening to Sex in the Cinema. You can find us on Instagram at Sex in the Cinema Pod. And also feel free to reach out to us on email at Sex in the Cinema Pod at gmail.com. Um, at some point, we're going to get our shit together to make a TikTok. Uh, Maggie will be handling that. And uh, thanks for listening and see you next time. Bye.